Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, thought leaders from across the country. And today, we have our very own Andy Cuny, who is a success manager, has been a success manager for years, a top agent, team leader, um, and just so many more things. Andy's going to get into all the nuts and bolts of how he has implemented the best uh, success manager strategies across the country and how he leads our coaching organization, Elite Real Estate Systems, in success management. Andy, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Jeff. I'm excited to be here. This is going to be a lot of fun. I rarely get to do the podcast with you at the same time, so I'm pumped for this. Yep. We usually take turns co-hosts. <clears throat> We're really excited to have you on the show today, Andy. I know that a lot of people um, have a lot to learn about success management I don't care who you are in and or outside of real estate, in and or outside of Omaha, Nebraska. But if you're listening, you will at some point be in a position where you can help lead others. And there's a lot of strategies around leading others. And today I want to dig into that. Um, obviously, your title is success manager. So why don't we just get right into it? Maybe briefly share where you started prior to success management and then sure. your experience in success management. And then we'll, start, we'll talk about a few of the strategies that everybody can be focusing on going into 2021 to help their teams and organizations be more successful. Absolutely. So I'll start back when I first got licensed. Um, I got licensed in 2011. Um, had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was with a brokerage here in town who gave me a cubicle, a nameplate, and a phone book, and I thought I was pretty cool. Um, I did a uh, what about four or five units that entire first year um, was not making it. I was about ready to be a statistic, right? I was going to be one of that uh, 19 out of 20. Yes, exactly. Last podcast. Yeah. 19 out of 20. Oh, did you really? Anyone uh, listening that's not in the real estate space and those that are, that don't know it, but yeah, 19 out of 20 agents that get licensed are out of the business in the first 24 months. Yep. That was going to be me. And I was going to be stuck uh, putting my degree to work um, and coding and sitting in a, in a cubicle and probably would have killed myself. It was horrible. I just couldn't do it. So um, I ended up uh, selling a listing to one of the agents that was on your team. And you reached out to me afterwards to recruit me. And um, I remember thinking that uh, just, just based off the sheer, sheer speed of how fast you talked, <laughs> right, that there was a lot that I could learn right? From oh you just drink energy drinks. Right. Exactly. Right. So I, uh, so I decided, I remember having the conversation with my wife and I said, you know what? It couldn't be any worse than I have right now. Right. And this guy obviously seems to uh, be doing something right. So I jumped on board with you and, um, I was happy to say, um, that after putting in a lot of work, but putting in a lot of work, doing the right things, right. Cause there's a huge difference. I was able to sell 29 units my first year with you, right? So I went from five to 29, just by literally implementing the things and some of them that we're going to talk about today. Sure. And then it in went 12 months. in 12 months. Yep. In 12 months. And then it was, uh, I, I even produced during the winter months. It was crazy. Right. So a lot of people listening probably, you know, may or may not know 
um, what the average agent produces or sells in the real estate space. And your traditional agent based on NAR sells seven homes a year, which totals $18,000 in gross commission income to the agent, which obviously no one can live off of that. And just like any sales arena, the 90-10 rule applies where 10% of the people are doing 90% of the business. Okay. So I was serving as success manager when we launched the team in 2011. We got up to about 12 agents and I was spending so much of my time, you know, meeting one-on-one for 15 minutes with every agent, holding them accountable, following up with them, listening to their fluffy cat stories. And I, I needed to leverage that position. And I saw Andy as the perfect hire for this leveraged position because he came in and plugged in and saw 700% growth in 12 months. And so he quickly came in to fill the role. Um, Andy, what was your experience when you first took that on? Cause there are a lot of people listening that are going to probably start trying to implement this strategy in 2021. What was your first initial experience in trying to hold people accountable? And where do you think some of our greatest failures are when we first try to take on that endeavor? So first off, I think people are, afraid of it because they don't know how to do it because somebody's probably never held them accountable. Right. And so they don't know what to do. And so I always remember I was, I was a lot of sleepless nights actually when I first got the position, cause I didn't know what I was going to do. I was going to talk to other agents. Right. And I'll be like, Oh my God, how are they doing? What makes me better than them? All this kind of, these were my peers. And now all of a sudden I was supposed to somehow lead them. Right. And so I was worried and I was nervous. And I remember once I sat down and talked to some agents who are still on our team, some that aren't, but that we're all producing, some of them even more than me. And I realized they didn't have it together. <laughs> they didn't have it together either, right? And I was like, okay, I can do this, right? I can provide support to these people because they are just like me. They have all the same types of issues and roadblocks and stressors, all of that. And the only difference was, is that I was, uh, I was trying to educate myself on um, solutions to all of these things. Whereas they were, they, their mindset at the time, they were kind of stuck in the rat race and just hamster on a wheel. Whereas me spending so much time being mentored by you, shameless plug, this is going to hurt later, I'm sure. But being mentored by you, you were allowing me to think, right? Outside of just selling real estate, right? How am I going to progress? What's my career going to look like? So that's what I was really worried about. So when I tell people today that uh, those that are going to be listening to this, and want to implement some sort, some sort of accountability for their agents or their other, um, their other team members is just have the meeting. Just sit and meet with them. You don't have to have some huge, you know, I got a 12-step plan and we're going to sit down and we're going to hammer this out. It doesn't have to be that way. Just start out by actually creating the relationship that you probably think you have with them that you don't have with them. Yeah. Right? What do you think, and it's somewhat of a rhetorical, but you can address it. How do you feel someone feels that's an employee or an independent contractor when their boss or their direct report chooses to take 15, 20, 30 minutes of their day once a week, sit down with them to check in on how things are going? Because I think a lot of people have this false sense of, um, I think they think that that word accountability is a negative, has a negative connotation. When in reality, we flip that upside down and it's actually a positive but how are you able to create that positive climate when you sit down with them? Why is it not um, more of a negative meeting, holding them accountable to certain things? How do you turn that around and show, and get the agent and or, and or person within the team excited about meeting with you? Okay, so there's a lot there and you may need to keep me on track. But uh, first things first is I can't make that meeting um, be a positive meeting unless the person that I'm meeting with views it that way as well. 
right? So if they're viewing it as, oh man, I gotta, I gotta go into the principal's office for 15 minutes each week, right? I want to, I want to meet with the people. And I know that the other people are thinking differently. If they're the ones who are like, I get to have this meeting with a thought leader, right? Just like if I sit down with you, I look forward to those meetings every week because I know that's a time for me to grow. So first I have to identify who are the people who are looking at it as a growth exercise and who are those that are looking at it as more of a visiting the principal's office. Right. Yes. And so then once I start meeting with them, they've got to earn my trust. And the best way for them to earn, for me to earn their trust, right, is to literally do what I say. You don't know how many times I heard this, Jeff, when we would bring on new agents and they were like, wow, everything you told me at the beginning, I thought was BS, but it was true. Right. It was, wow, you do this. Calls works. People answer. And I go on appointments. I sell houses and I make commission check. Right. Like not even that stuff though. That's all the like push the button, flip the switch type stuff. Right. It's just, yep. This is what you do. Follow the, the um, program. It was, you said you were going to meet with me every week and you did. Right. You said you were going to follow up with me and you called out, you called me out on my BS when you said you would, and you patted me on the back when you said you would. Right. Yeah. Like they were like, you just literally followed through on your word. That's all I had to do. I didn't have to like crack the code or, you know, split the atom in these 20 minute meetings. So that's one way where I can start to gain their trust, right? The next thing is it's what am I holding them accountable to? And that's one of the big pieces to the puzzle is I allow them and not just allow, but I help and encourage them to choose their own goals and what their success looks like. Then that is what I hold them accountable to, right? I'm never forcing them to live or have a business that they didn't choose. So when somebody's willing to hold you accountable and if at any moment they decide not to live up to what they chose, that's not me coming down on them, right? That's me as a backstop making, hey, just a heads up, you're not going where you told me you wanted to go. So this is me helping you get there and doing what you told me you wanted to do. I love it. So I know you do a really good job um, when you sit down listening to stories. I know a lot of times people just want to be heard. And sometimes that's hard, especially going to the disc test. If you're a high D, you know, you're a driver. <laughs> you want to get right to the nuts and bolts. Andy is a high IS on the disc. And I did speak to the, about the disc with my uh, on the podcast episode with Paul Richardson and the importance of knowing who you're sitting in front of. And we do have yep. that report on every person that Andy holds accountable. I'd recommend anyone that holds other people accountable that they're doing the same. Um, he gives them a voice and lets them express their is- issues, personal issues, challenges they might be having with other things related to their health, their mental health, their family, whatever the case might be. And I think that establishing, like you said, Andy, getting them to know you like you trust you and know that it wasn't about you coming down on them. It's about us trying to help them become the best version of themselves. That's really where the rubber meets the road and we get a lot of gain. Um, and I love your sentiment. I, I know a lot of people listening probably have had the same experience where people come in and say, you know, I really doubted a lot of this stuff was going to work. You know, I thought it was kind of a little hoity-toity to have to sit down with me every week and no one's ever done that with me before. I mean, just to put out the rhetorical, who here as an independent contractor has ever been at a brokerage that gave you a voice where you could sit down with your direct reporter, a broker owner, thought leader, coach, and have a weekly accountability for 10 years straight. You know, you might, when you're right. an agent, have a, a month of accountability, but I had so many brokers in my world and people that say, how are things going? Hope you're doing well. Okay, cool. Bye. And I'm like, I am on an Island. And anyone that gets into real estate in most traditional brokerages, there is nothing built specifically. And that why, is why it was so important when we watch, watch KW Lee that we put people into the, had people, um, gave people the ability essentially to go into a certified advisor program that allowed them in their first 36 transactions to have a success manager. And Andy is actually one of those success managers that serves locally in Omaha um, as a success manager to agents that are less than 37 career deals. 
Yep. And I love it. And it, it keeps me, it, it makes me feel like, cause I don't do a ton of production anymore. Right. Um, I am no longer the days where I'm hitting 50 units a year. I'm more like 10 to 15. Right. And so it really still makes me feel like I'm in the game. Cause with the agents that I'm coaching, mentoring, holding accountable, whatever word you want to use is I still feel like I'm working 10 to 20 units consistently all the time. <laughs> right. Like I always have them under contract. What's that? You're also in everyone else's deals. So you probably, right. You're doing hundreds of deals a year. Oh yeah. I'm still negotiating multiple deals a week. I'm helping people write contracts. I'm pricing out houses for them. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. doing all those things on a weekly basis anyway. They're just not my, my deals. Sure. So. so we've obviously had a lot of agents come and go um, with our local brokerage who mm -hmm. we had wanted them to come and see the success management meeting as a positive. As independent contractors, we can't force them to go to that meeting. However, most of our agents work our leads. And if they choose to work the leads, then they do have to go to that meeting and it's an accountability meeting to make sure that they're doing all the lead conversion best strategies. Where would you say, um, if there were like the top two or three limiting beliefs around the importance of meeting with you on a weekly basis, what would you say are like the top few excuses you've heard agents give you over the years as to why meeting with you isn't valuable for them? Oh boy. Um, I would have to say, and and just to tell you this, the ones who do come up with those excuses, it's never about wanting to meet with me. It's always because that's like the red flag, right? They're having issues uh, somewhere else. And then this is where it manifests because they might have to talk about that with me, right? So then they're like, well, I don't want to be at this meeting. But the excuses are here all the time are I'm too busy putting deals together to talk about the deals I'm putting together. I love that one. That, yeah, right? Like they're we don't track everything. Two deals a month. Yes, exactly. Right. Yep. And I, and I love that too. I'm like, well, I'm meeting with 27 agents and I put more deals together than you last month. Right. right? And it really helped when I was still in production, but um, there's that one. The other one is, oh, I really don't want, to, I don't want to sell that much. Oh my gosh. I know. And I was like, mm. yeah. but when we sat and did the goal setting, you told me this, right? And then, but then if that's truly the case, that's on me for not getting to the bottom of it during the goal setting meeting. Right. Yep. So that tells me, Hey, then we need to have a new goal setting meeting and let's sit down. Right. There's always ways to solve it. And accountability isn't just about selling. Nope. As we talked in previous podcast episodes, it's about helping people realize their dreams, which sometimes they might not have to sell a single house to be able to Absolutely. realize their dreams, but someone needs to hold them accountable. Um, a great book. And I've referenced this in the past is the dream manager. Love it. For those that want to help their people become the better versions of themselves. That's a great book. I'd recommend anyone listening. The dream manager. Um, kind of talks about a business that's in the janitorial space and how they realize they could retain more people by helping them become the best versions of themselves. Crazy concept, right? The <laughs> idea that a leader would serve their people by helping them be just like them. And that's exactly what we do through our success management program. So you've talked about, you know, some of the limiting beliefs. Who, who is the perfect person to hold accountable? What, what qualities and traits do you look for in agents that are, you know, we are recruiting into KW that you think would fit the success management model very well? Uh, the ones who would fit it are the ones who, man, this is kind of tough because my first response was going to be, I need somebody who believes in themselves and is vulnerable enough, right? To fail forward. Mm -hmm. Like that's the perfect person. But then you sit there and you look at it and you're like, well, what about those people who don't have confidence? We're perfect for them as well. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So I guess perfect when it comes to um, who's perfect for it, I would say that it's anybody who's willing to fail forward. Because you are going to come, when you sit down with whoever your success manager is, it is their job to help push you to achieve what it is you want to achieve. 
and not just what you think you want to achieve right now, but to help you start thinking in a way that's bigger than you think now. Not only are you supposed to make more money and sell more houses and all of that kind of stuff, you're supposed to think differently than you do now, right? You got to expand the way you think. And then because we have so many agents, Jeff, and you know this, it's, it's amazing to hear, especially at the end of the year when we do all of these uh, vision boards and that kind of stuff, is people have goals now that they couldn't even imagine four years ago. Yeah. Right? And that is really you, cool. You and I. Yeah, exactly. We have goals now. So, I, and, and that's going to be my next follow-up to this, Andy, is how does a success manager, because a lot of people listening aren't listening from the perspective of, oh, I'm an agent. Now I want someone to hold me accountable. They're right. on our side thinking, okay, how do I hold my people accountable? And what I'd say is there is a, a mistake in that. All of us should have a success manager, yep. right? All of us, I, we called them, uh, Andrew Schmidt coined the phrase accountability <laughs> buddies. Everyone yes. should have someone holding them accountable to becoming the best version of oneself. So what are some things that a success manager needs to do from a mindset standpoint specifically to help those they lead become the best versions of themselves? Perfect. So one example, and it's an activity that we do all the time and that was so hard for me to do at the beginning, right? It was one of my faults is when an agent comes to me and I want to be their success manager. So those of you out there who are like, I have four or five agents on my team that I would love to start holding accountable, but I don't know how to do that. The things that you want to talk about is they need to be have enough confidence in themselves to be willing to fail forward. Well, guess what? When they come to you with a question or an issue, do you just give them the answer? Or do you ask them, how would they solve it? Why don't you give me two to three options and then tell me which one you think is the best option, right? And you're teaching them to basically hunt for themselves, right? And so they can go, they start getting these solutions. They start to build confidence in, their, in, their, in themselves right? And now, but you're still there so that they don't step off the cliff, right? And make a horrible uh, decision. But now you're building confidence in them. And now they're willing to think while trusting you at the same time and building that trust. So that's number one is always teach them to hunt for themselves. You used to do this to me all the time. I would walk into your office, Jeff, and I remember this back early on. And I would say, Hey, Jeff, I got a question. And you'd be eating your lunch or, or writing checks or whatever, and just look up at me. And I would literally tell you the problem name a couple of solutions, pick the other solution and say, thanks, Jeff. And you literally didn't even say a word. Just chew. <laughs> yeah, just chew. You're, You're eating. Welcome, Andy. You're welcome. I saved the day again. Awesome. <laughs> and then I would walk out because I already knew if I didn't have that stuff ready, right? I just needed to talk it out out loud. Sure. But I wouldn't have done that if you wouldn't have taught me or forced me basically to do those things. But then I also started trusting myself. And then while I was trusting myself, I had the confidence that I actually did know what was right and what was the right decision. And then my negotiating came better. I was more confident when I was talking to my clients. Like it just snowballed to sure. me becoming a competent agent or entrepreneur, no matter what it was, what the situation was that I was doing. I love it. And I think that confidence plays a huge role. That's why the CAP program serves agents in their first 36 transactions. That doesn't say that someone at their 37th and on doesn't need a success manager. They still do. They probably need one more so because of the growth that they might be able to experience. One of the things, one of the challenges I've had was as our team grew, I was forced to become a bigger leader, a bigger thinker. Otherwise, the people I was holding accountable were thinking at my level or beyond it. And I didn't feel like I had value to offer. And one of, the, one of my favorite quotes is the difference between me and you are the books that you've read, the people you've met and masterminded with, and of course, the podcasts that you've listened to. And I would add to that the experiences you've had based on what you've chosen to do there's a lot of people that obtain knowledge, but they never apply the knowledge. So for you personally, Andy, and for those listening that feel like maybe they're not in a place where they can feel like they should get the respect or demand the respect of their peers 
who are possibly selling more real estate to them, you know, than them. What would you say to that person as to how they can build themselves up to be in a position where they feel like they qualify at being a success manager? Uh, well, you know what I would, first of all, if they're, if they're early on and they're trying to figure it out is listen to as many podcasts as possible, right? Just like you used to have us do. We every time we'd hit a brick wall, we would go listen to uh, as many podcasts as we could. We'd read a bunch of books, but what I would have them do is first of all, find an accountability coach for them, right? Find somebody for them first. Just like I'm a success manager for a bunch of different agents. You're still my success manager. I still meet with you. Right. And so, um, that the other thing is I would start masterminding with as many top people as I could across the country, get outside of your market and start masterminding with other people. That's one of the amazing things that I love about our, our, uh, ERS, right. Our Thursday high level calls is I, instead of me, just like you used to, right. And myself as well, travel around the country to try and meet with somebody for, I get to hop onto a computer zoom call and talk to 30 to 40 team leaders across the country, uh, you know, in real time and mastermind between them. So if I were you, I would step out of my comfort zone and introduce myself to at least a couple, two to three people every single week and start talking with them, chatting with them. And what you'll probably find out is that you have the knowledge already. You just didn't know you did. And you needed the confidence to understand that where you are is already at the place you probably needed to be. And then you'll be ready to obviously then, and you'll know who to hitch your wagon to, to then take you to the next level. That's the problem is people usually just take the first person they meet and they're like, okay, if this works great, if it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be right. And that's kind of the lazy way out. You've got to talk to five or 10 people and find out who is the person that I hitch my wagon to, right? Start making educated decisions. And you can't do that unless you start talking to a number of people. Well, thank you so much, Andy. You were an amazing guest today. I know there's a lot of value there for a lot of agents across the country uh, that want to start implementing or take their success management program to the next level. Uh, for those that have not already attended and for those that have, we have a lot of amazing events coming up in 2021. Our first ever virtual team building workshop is in January. In March and May, we have physical events. May, May, uh, March is a team building workshop in Omaha. And then May is a team building summit that we only host once a year. We have Tons of top team leaders, thought leaders, keynotes coming from across the country. Those will both be very special events. And we have a bunch of free giveaways, the ability to subscribe to our podcast and all sorts of other things at growwithers.com. It's growwithers.com. Go out, check it out. And then also please give Andy a five-star rating for this podcast <laughs> episode. Go out to iTunes. Our goal is to get to a thousand reviews before the end of next year. So go out to iTunes, give us a five-star review, please, if you find value in these. And Andy, we definitely want to have you on again. I know you come on as a host as well. So I'd love, love to it. here either way. Anytime, brother. Thank you. All right, man. Thank you. Have a good one.